His grace is sufficient. His grace is for every need. We as children of God, may we have that conviction to stand on every promise of His Word. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 John, the fourth chapter. 1 John chapter 4. As you're turning to 1 John, the fourth chapter, the Word of God tells us what to believe and what not to believe. John, as he's writing, and as we look at today, he tells us what we should not believe. And the reason the Word of God tells us what to believe and what not to believe is because people in general are very gullible. Can you hear me this morning? (laughs) People are very, very gullible, and that's true in churches also. And the reason that is in churches also is because in a lot of churches, people are biblically illiterate. What has the biggest influence upon our young people today? I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Our niece that was in just a few months ago, she works in counseling young people. I brought this up shortly after she left, but she says a lot of times what young people will do, they're they're entranced by TikTok. And you might be familiar with TikTok. I'm not real familiar with TikTok. I don't have the TikTok app. They say it's a China app, and it's just a way of getting information on you. Well... Let me tell you something, there's a lot more to that TikTok. Because what she told us is that the young people she counsels are heavily influenced by what they hear and see on TikTok. In other words, people might come up with a new pronoun and give it a new meaning, and that's who they are. And they want you to identify them with what they say they are. And all of a sudden, when somebody does something like that on TikTok, it creates a trend. And there's a lot of followers with that same pronoun now. In other words, I can be part giraffe and part rhinoceros if I want to be. All I got to do is put it on TikTok and say that. Then I'll have a lot of gyneroceroses. <laughs> I guess something like that anyway. But it's really sad, the voices that are going out today speaking lies and people following those voices because they don't have any true foundation or any convictions. There is a term, it's called wokeism. Are you woke? Now we've missed an hour of sleep. I pray you're awake. But the term woke is a whole different ballgame. If you talk to a liberal about being woke, they'll say, well, I don't know what that is. I, you know, they'll try to play it off like they don't understand what you're talking about. Hogwash. They know what woke is. Wokeism is taking that which is normal and trying to make it a new normal. They're trying to change the morals and the values of our society. They're trying to change our culture. 
problem is because many people have identity problems in our day and time. There are major corporations that have swallowed the big lie and are pushing it upon their employees. All the way from car manufacturers to hospitals, you name it. And they want you to agree with the big lie. Let me tell you, you as a child of God, you've got to take a stand. Because if you don't take a stand as a child of God, this society will be swept away with a big lie. We are called to stand against lies. These corporations, they've started to incorporate it in their system, in their handbooks, in their training. I heard somebody talk just the other day and they said these three letters, D-E-I, diversity, equity, inclusivity. The only thing missing from these people who use these letters is the word T-Y at the end. Deity is what they think they are. And why are people following all this false message Let me tell you why. It's because people are gullible. You can look at it across the board in a lot of different areas. Look at the scams that go on in our day and time. There are people that make a living just scamming off other people. In other words, trying to identify as you and trying to take what you got. They do it through big businesses. Literally millions are built out of people. Right recently, there was a Baptist minister who was pretty sound. He said this, we need to rethink. I'm going to use some big words here on you, but I'll explain them. We need to rethink egalitarianism and complementarianism. Now, egalitarianism means men and women are equal in every aspect. In other words, women can be pastors and women can be preachers. This Baptist minister who said we need to rethink that, he's gone off and swallowed the culture. It's a lie. Complementarianism is very simply this, that God has made man and woman to complement one another with their roles. There are certain things women are not called to do. There are certain things men are not called to do. God has made us different. That not, does not mean I'm greater than you or you're greater than me. It's that God has given us different roles. It is sad that in our ch- culture, churches are starting to swallow big lies. And they're going liberal. They got rainbows over their churches, which does not go with the ark and Noah back in the Old Testament, but they're giving it a new meaning. In other words, we're diverse. We'll accept you as you are. Let me tell you something. The only thing that is going to change this nation and our culture is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
People need to be called to repentance and called out on their lies and on their sinfulness. And we need to call sin, sin. And not back down from the culture. Problem is, there's a lot of people who just don't have backbone. Here John is fighting false teachers. And how it's crept into churches. He's writing against these false teachers. These false teachers are saying there's a new kind of knowledge and you can have it. I believe it was the first forming of what is called Gnosticism. The special knowledge that you got to follow us and believe what we say. Then you can have that special knowledge too. I want you to notice what it says in verse 23 of chapter 3. And as we get back into verse 1 in chapter 4, verse 23 says, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. John is telling us what we should believe. And what is it should we believe? We should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Now when the Word of God teaches us that we need to believe on His Son, Jesus Christ, it's talking about believing on who He is as a person. It's talking about believing in His work as a person. It talks about believing who he is, God manifested in the flesh. He is not part God, part man. He is the God-man. And we need to believe what God's Word says about him. He is the Savior of the world. He came to redeem his people from their sins. You need to believe on him is what John's message is. The only other time he mentions in the gospel or in this epistle about believing on Jesus Christ is over in John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. He tells us we need to believe on the Son, Jesus Christ. But in chapter 4, in verse 1, I want you to notice what he's teaching us. He's teaching us what not to believe. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they be, are of God, because many false prophets are gone out of the world. What this one verse of Scripture is teaching us, and we're going to cover the six verses, five verses that follow, it teaches us as children of God that we've got to have spiritual discernment. We've got to be spiritually discerning as a people of God. A confession of faith is not just stating an intellectual fact. It's not just knowing, though that's part of it. A confession of faith is also a personal witness from your heart for what Christ has done for you. I stand before you today to tell you that Christ Jesus died for my sins. 
He has put to my account His righteousness. He has paid my sin debt. He has brought me, as the psalmist said, and pulled my feet out of the miry clay. And He set my feet upon a rock. And I have eternal life because of Him. You see, that's what a confession of faith is. John states in verse 1 that certain things we should not believe. Now, I want you to look at this full picture of how John is writing this small, short letter. John is writing right in the middle of talking about love. He's telling us how we ought to love one another. He's going to pick up the theme right in verse 7 after he inserts this verses 1 through 6, how we ought to love one another. So why do we have verses 1 through 6 right in the middle of how you and I should love one another? Here's the command that we love one another. But right in the middle there he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Why do we have John bringing up the false teachers in the midst of teaching on love? Let me tell you why. False teachers thrive on teaching on love. Love, love, love. They emphasize love. At the expense of any other doctrine, many years ago when we were young as far as a church body, there was a building that opened with a so-called pastor... And I heard his advertisement on the radio. He was in a storefront. Didn't identify with any particular type of church. But he says, we want you to come and worship with us. We don't teach doctrine. We just love people. I'm going like, what do you teach if you don't teach doctrine? You know what the definition of doctrine is? It's teaching. Very simply... This man, in his ignorance, I will say he does not know, he basically said, we do not teach teaching. What do you do? You come in and you just get a hug from everybody. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you. Love, love, love. You know what? That's what a lot of false teaching is based upon. It's a warped type teaching. Here is the reason that we need to have spiritual discernment. I want you to notice in verse 1, it tells us the reason that we need spiritual discernment. The Word of God says, because there are many false prophets that have gone out into this world. This word false prophets is all one Greek word. It's pseudo-prophetes. Pseudo meaning false or misleading. Misleading prophets that have gone out into this world. In this six verses that John is writing, he uses two words six different times together. Of God, of God, of God, of God. He's emphasizing that which is what is of God and that which is not of God. 
what he is teaching, he is teaching us about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit guiding us into truth. The spirit of error is that which is demonic. I want you to notice that all false teaching is demonic over in 1 Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, listen to what the Word of God says. Or 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. This is spirits that entice and pull us certain directions. And notice what it says, and doctrines are teachings of devils, which is the word demons. What is behind all this false spiritual teaching, which is abundant in our day and time, is demonic powers. Look over in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and down in verse 12. Well, we back up even further. Look at the whole passage of Scripture in chapter 2. In verse 3 he says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall come except there not, shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The Apostle Paul is warning, Do not be deceived. It says, this man of sin who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God sitting, as God sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. You see, John and Paul are on the same page. The mystery of iniquity, demonic teachings, is already at work when they're writing this. He says, only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness, of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. There are people that do not receive the love of the truth. And because of that, listen to what God does. He shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Gullible people will be given over to more gullibleness. Deceived people will be given over to deceitfulness because they have no love for the truth. Let me ask you this morning, do you love the Word of God? Do you love the truth of the Word of God? Here's dangerous ground. If you love not the truth, you're deceived. And God's going to give you over to that deception. These false teachers that John is confronting, they look like normal people. 
They're not in black and white or gray. They had full color. They were not people with blood all over them where they've been murdering people. They looked like normal people is what these false teachers look like. They're normal. They're normal. They use the Christian language and terminology. What the Apostle Paul called them are wolves in sheep's clothing. Every believer, not just your pastor, but everyone in here who is a child of God should test whether the message is of God or not. Here's why this is written in chapter 4. I want you to notice the way of spiritual discernment. John is telling us that because these false prophets, false teachers are going out in the world, and as time has progressed, let me tell you, false doctrine has been magnified. False teachings run rampant. Because of that, we need to test the spirits, whether they're of God or not. How do we test? How do we know the way of spiritual discernment? I want you to notice in verses 2 and 3, John gives us the way. Verse 2 tells us, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. How do we know the Spirit of God? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. What is John telling us to do to spiritually discern? It's in verse 2. It's in verse 3 talks about confessing. Now, what does it mean to confess? Confess means agree with. We agree with God that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. But there's more to it than just that because let me tell you something, even demons believe and tremble. I want you to look back in Romans chapter 10. Romans, the 10th chapter, and look down in verse 9 and 10. is a very familiar passage of Scripture. The Word of God says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confess what? that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know where it first takes effect? It takes effect in the heart. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation is what the Word of God is telling us. What is this speaking about? When we talk about Jesus Christ as Lord, it talks about His deity. It talks about His humanity. He was born of a virgin. He was God come down to man. Here's God manifested in the flesh. Now what John is doing, he's refuting Gnosticism. There's some type of special knowledge you got to get. No, no, no. That's, we don't need that special knowledge. 
Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what we confess in our hearts and in our lives. If you're a child of God, that means you're confessing Jesus Christ is Lord. You know what that means? If you love Him, you'll keep His commandments. If He is Lord, you will keep His commandments. It's not, let me pray about that. Let me think about that. Lord, let me see if I really want to do that. Well, that message don't rub me right. Well, I don't want to hear that. Let me tell you something. You've got a heart problem if Jesus Christ is not Lord of your life. You've got a spiritual problem. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. If you deny his deity, if you deny his humanity, the word of God tells us that you have the spirit of Antichrist. That's a serious charge. Let me tell you the first area where cults attack Christianity. It is the deity of Jesus Christ. They try to undermine that he is God. Look at Mormonism. Look at Jehovah Witnesses. Look at the science. Look at the... There's so many false teachings in our world today. The Word of God is teaching us we've got to hold fast to the truth and the sound doctrine. Let me tell you something. You will always hear doctrine preached from this podium, this pulpit, from this Word of God. Teaching. Teaching that's got roots in it that when you leave and you go home, you've got something to chew on because you've got the Word of God. And you know what? You need to be able to spiritually discern. When someone comes in here, if they get behind this pulpit, and there's some error in there, you ought to be able to spiritually discern that. If your pastor gets off and goes wacko, you need to be able to discern that. Pray I don't go wacko. But I want you to notice here what is the sound doctrine that we believe, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. We believe His person and His work as it's presented in the Word of God. I want you to notice the evidence of this discernment that we should have. It's found in verses 4 through 6. Here is the evidence. I want you to notice verse 1 or verse 4 starts off with you. Verse 5 starts off with they. Verse 6 starts off with we. You, they, we. I want you to notice that. As John is talking... He's talking about believers. You are of God, little children. As he talks about they, he's talking about the false teachers and those who follow the false teachers. As he talks about we, I believe he's talking about himself and other apostles and their teaching. I want you to notice in verse 4. He says, you are of God, little children. Notice them two words, of God. Here's who's of God, little children. You, 
because you have overcome them. Who is the them? It's the false teaching. Let me tell you something. The only reason you've overcome false teaching is because of the Spirit of God that dwells within you. It ain't nothing you took your horn about because, he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are overcomers. That's the word overcome them. We've overcome the false teaching and the false teachers because we are overcomers. That word overcomers is one of my favorite words. It's the Greek word Nike. You you can remember that Greek word. Some of y'all got some Nikes. It simply means to overcome. Victorious. Victors. What is he talking about here? You are of God, little children. I believe John is talking about those that are of God have experienced the new birth. They have been born again, born of God. Because you are born of God, you are overcomers. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're sealed with the spirit of promise until the day of redemption. His spirit comes and dwells within your heart and your life and he will always be there if you're a child of God, if you've been born again. If you've not been born of God, let me tell you something, you cannot understand the truth of God. If you've not been born of God, you cannot obey the truth of God. You can look like it, you can dress up, you can smell good, you can take a bath, you can put on perfume deodorant, whatever it takes to make you smell good. You can look on the outward appearance like a Christian. But let me tell you, if you've not been born again, you cannot understand the truth of God's Word. Listen to what the Word of God says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, down in verse 12. The Word of God says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But the natural man, this is the one who is not of God, receives not the things of the Spirit of God, Why? For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. If you're an unbeliever, you cannot spiritually discern the truth of God's word. You cannot obey because you do not understand the truth. Listen to what it says in John. The Gospel of John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, down in verse 43... As John is, or as Jesus is talking to Jewish leaders, he says, Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Now, Jesus is talking to them like I'm talking to you today. You hear my word, but they could not hear it spiritually, they had no understanding. Jesus says, Why do you not understand my speech? even because you cannot hear my word. Look down in verse 47. 
He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you're not of God. You've got to be born again to hear the truth of God's word and to apply it to your heart and to your life. You cannot apply God's word if you do not hear God's word. Very interesting Greek language. There are two words. Huper means to be under. Akuo means to hear. You put those two words together, huper akuo, I hope I ain't lost you on that, huper under, akuo, hear. You put them together. You know how they translate in the Greek? The word means to obey. You know how you obey? You've got to get under the hearing of God's word. But you know what? If you've not been born again, you can't hear the word. You can't understand the word. You cannot apply the word of God to your heart and to your life. How do you overcome false teaching? The word of God tells us in verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. You must be born again, born of the Spirit of God. He's got to convict you of your sin. You've got to sense the guilt that you have offended a holy and righteous God and you deserve His wrath. You've got to turn from that sin and by faith put your faith in Jesus Christ that He died upon the cross for your sin. It is the Spirit of God that uses the Word of God. Therefore, we must study the Word of God. We as God's children, we've got to study God's Word to be able to discern these false teachings. We've got to be rooted in the Word, grounded in the Word. I'm not talking about just coming on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night like you all do. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-oh. I'm going chasing a rabbit, didn't I? I'm talking about getting in the Word of God on your own. On top of being here, hearing the Word Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation both day and night. Oh, how I wish every member of New Life Baptist Church would say, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate upon it day and night. Let us move along to verse 5. Verse 5 says, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world hears them. What does the world say? The world exalts the pride of man. The world wants you to have a feel good. Let me tell you, that's a non-spirit filled church that you go into. I've had people visit our church and leave because they didn't feel good. Let me tell you something. If you're a sinner, you ought to feel miserable. And I can tell you where you can get relief, and it ain't Rolaids. No, I'm belching. It could be, for me, a little relief. I tell you where you get relief, and the only place you can get relief is in Jesus Christ. He can take your burden away as far as the east is from the west. They are of the world. What does the world teach? Let me tell you how you discern biblical teaching. 
If some of you listen to teaching on the radio or teaching on TV, the world exalts the pride of man. It detracts from the glory of God. I saw a very interesting quote concerning the revivals by John MacArthur. There's a lot to say concerning what everybody's calling a revival. You never read the word revival as far as in the New Testament. There's nowhere God promises revival in the New Testament. John MacArthur said, if you take the music away, what you got? We'll stop right there. Here's what false teaching does. It draws the world by making them feel good. Let me tell you something. God's Word teaches us we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is a burden that many people are bearing and they don't understand what they're even bearing. They don't understand the verdict that they are condemned and that one day when they die, they're going to spend eternity in hell. People don't understand that. Why? Because we, as God's people, are not telling them the truth. We're scared we might offend them. Let me tell you something. It's time we got offending with the Word of God. And I'm not talking about trying to put somebody down or trying to be better than somebody. I'm telling you, we've got to tell them what God's Word says, speaking the truth in love. We're living in a very sissified society. Everybody's got their offenses. Everybody's offended over something. Whether it's your gender or your pronoun or your craziness. Everybody's offended over something. I'm going to offend somebody. I'm going to tell you that. As I live my life, I'm going to offend somebody because I'm going to stand on God's Word. And you know what? If they're offended, they're going to just have to swallow it if it's God's Word offending it. Now, if it's me personally offensive, that's wrong. I don't want to be that. But we've got to take a stand for truth. I want you to notice... In verse 6, what John says, he says, we are of God. Now he just said, you are of God in verse 4. He's talking about the believers he's writing to. Then he says, we are of God. I don't believe he's including all believers. I believe he's talking about the apostles themselves. Those that have written God's word. Here is the gold standard to measure by. Spiritual discernment. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What is John saying? John is very simply saying this. Listen to the apostles' teaching. Where do you find the apostles' teaching? It is in the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Let me ask you, what is your response? to their inspired teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your response to what the Word of God says concerning the Son of God who became man? 
lived the perfect life. No guile from his lips. Did everything perfectly. It's hard to comprehend because I'm so full of sinfulness. But he did everything perfectly. Went about doing good is what the Word of God tells us. How do we spiritually discern in a world that has gone crazy trying to change normal into abnormal and trying to make the abnormal or the weird normal? Let me tell you, there is the teaching of God's Word. When you listen, does the teaching magnify Jesus Christ? Does it glorify God? Are you looking for self-gain, self-promotion, self-feel-good, or something else? Does the teaching increase your love for the Word of God? There are oftentimes people here will say, boy, you should have gone another hour. Now I know everybody ain't going to say that, but anyway, I've heard that. Because there's a hunger for the Word. Does the Word feed your pride? Or does the Word humble you? Does the Word of God, when you hear it taught, does it make you desire holiness more? Do you hate sin more? You know what? We need to be able to spiritually discern. There are many voices in this world calling out to you. I say, hear the word of the Lord. Be obedient unto his voice. How do you hear his voice? I'm glad you asked. Read the Word. You want to hear it audibly? You want to hear the audible voice of God? Read it out loud. I love that. Don't look for a writing in the sky or some mystical mysticism. We have God's Word right here. Jesus tells us He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. Have you acknowledged Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you publicly professed him as Lord? Are you being obedient unto his commands? We're going to give him of invitation. My desire is to see your life glorify him. You know what? If you've been saved by the blood of Christ, by his death, burial, and resurrection... Your life should be a life of gratitude for what he's done for you. It's not repaying him. You can't pay him for what he's done. But it's a heart of thankfulness for what he's done. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word and how even in the midst of teaching on love, you pause and teach us how we need to spiritually discern. Because everybody wants to be loved. 
Therefore, the message of love can often be twisted and perverted, as many false teachers do. Lord, we ask that you make us as your people, a people that spiritually discern truth and error. Lord, for those who reject truth and reject your word and not obedient, Lord, we pray that you would convict them of their sinfulness. Only you can change a heart, only you can change a life. We ask that you work powerfully in our midst. To your honor and to your glory, for Christ's sake. Amen. We're going to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. If the Lord's dealing with you in any particular areas, Brother Josh is up front here to receive you. I pray you just simply be obedient unto him. Let's sing.